You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. They would not believe, even though God had spoken to them time and time and time and time again, even though God had put undeniable witness in their lives time and time and time and time again. And so because they would not believe, over time they came to a point where they could not believe. How does that happen? You become insensitive. You become calloused. As you're probably well aware, there are plenty of reasons as to why countless people choose not to follow Christ. However, perhaps the more sobering of these reasons is one that doesn't seem to be discussed as much, becoming insensitive to the gospel. In today's message, Pastor Danny discusses what it means to be spiritually deaf, blind, and hard-hearted. In his study, you'll learn that just like the Pharaoh in Egypt, those who continually harden their hearts towards God eventually become callous to truth. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of John chapter 18 as he continues his message, The Triumphal Entry. John chapter 18, you go down to verse 33. Pilate went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, Is that your own idea? Or did others talk to you about me? Ultimately, you're going to have to decide for yourself. Verse 35, Pilate said, Am I a Jew? It was your people and your chief priest who handed you over to me. What is it you've done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to present, prevent my arrest by the Jews. But my kingdom is from another place. You're a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you're right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason, I was born. And for this, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And if you read the whole story, Pilate is convicted about the truth regarding Jesus. But then the crowd begins to chant, crucify him. Pilate, thinking it can appease the crowd, has Jesus flogged beaten, and then brings him back out in front of this angry crowd. But instead of the crowd being appeased, they shouted again, crucify him. Chapter 19, verse 7. The Jews insisted, we have a law, and according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. And that gets Pilate's attention even more. 
When Pilate heard this, verse 8, he was even more afraid. And he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from, he asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Because there's undeniable witness. He would go on to say to Pilate, when Pilate said, don't you realize I have the power to crucify you or to set you free? And Jesus said, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from heaven. Matthew's gospel tells us that while Jesus is standing before Pilate, he gets a message from his wife. And God gives Pilate's wife a dream about Jesus, another witness for Pilate's conscience. But when you read the story, Matthew tells us that Pilate, when he sees he's getting nowhere, and the crowd continues to say, crucify him, and then they say to Pilate, if you let this man go, you're no friend of Caesar. And because of the pressure of the crowd, Pilate, not only fearful, but Pilate, loving the praise of men more than that of God. And he makes one last-ditch effort to absolve himself over the responsibility. He has a servant bring a basin of water. He takes his hands and he washes his hands in the water. And he says, I am innocent of this man's blood. May his blood be on your heads. And the people say, okay, may his blood be on our heads. Pilate, in a sense, pleads the fifth. I'm not against him. Yeah, but you're not for him. And Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're against me. And Pilate, because he loved the praise of men more than the praise of God, will not acknowledge Jesus for who he is, the Savior of the world. So, you can try to seek wisdom apart from the cross, but there is none. You have to deny yourself, surrender your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior. Don't let fear keep you from doing it. Don't let peer pressure or praise from men over praise from God keep you from doing it. And there's one final one. Back in John's Gospel, chapter 12, and to me, this one's the scariest. The fourth reason why some people will not receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. John chapter 12, verse 35. Jesus told them, you're going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before Darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he's going. Put your trust in the light while you have it so that you may become sons of light. And when he had finished speaking, Jesus left and he hid himself from them. And then notice verse 37. 
even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Verse 39. For this reason, they could not believe. Because as Isaiah says elsewhere, he's blinded their eyes and deadened their hearts so that they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, repent, and I would heal them. They would not believe, even though God had spoken to them time and time and time and time again, even though God had put undeniable witness in their lives time and time and time and time again. And so because they would not believe, over time they came to a point where they could not believe. How does that happen? You become insensitive. You become calloused, just like the callous on my hand. I could stick a pen here, and it would hurt. I can stick a pen here, and I wouldn't feel a thing. Because over time, over time, this part of my hand is formed a callous. It's the saddest thing in the world for me to realize that some people can come to a place in their lives where even though the witness may continue and even though God still may be speaking to them, they come to the place where they're insensitive. They're callous. And because they would not believe and they continued resisting over time, they came to a place where they could not believe. We're almost done, but one more time, leave John's gospel. Go back with me just for a moment to Luke's gospel, chapter 19. Luke chapter 9 and Luke's record of the triumphal entry. Luke chapter 19, and you go down to verse 41. This is as people are doing the palm branches and laying their cloaks and shouting in this triumphal entry. And here it tells us, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you... Even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it's hidden from your eyes. Hidden because of the callousness. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Because of repeated resistance and refusal to acknowledge the truth and to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. What's happening in our world is unprecedented. I've never seen anything like it. 
reminder, it's a sign. Luke chapter 21, verse 21, as Jesus gives lots of signs of his soon coming. Luke chapter 21, verse 11, there'll be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences. That's what's happening. That's COVID-19. That's this virus. It's a sign from God. You think what we're dealing with it was tough, and I, and I listen. I know people that their business is hurting, their, their finances are hurting, and, and I understand it's only going to get worse. And if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you put your trust in Him, I don't know how, but somehow He's going to meet your need. He's going to take you through it. If you'll continue to trust Him, He's going to take you through it. But it's a sign. You know, we all want Jesus to come if you're really a Christian and you're really looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ and what we call heaven, then uh, you want Jesus to come, but you just don't want your life to be inconvenienced. <laughs> I mean, what's happening? It's a sign. God's trying to get people's attention. And now is the time for the Christian to take every opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Because it's the only way they're going to be saved. Listen, if they don't die of the coronavirus, they're going to die. What a great opportunity now for the church to rise up and be a witness in the world. Let me take you, I, I am closing it out here, but listen. In the Old Testament, the book of Amos, chapter 4, God reminds people... God reminds the world through Amos of things that he did in history to try to get people's attention. Verse 6, I gave you empty stomachs in every city, lack of bread in every town, yet you've not returned to me, declares the Lord. Verse 8, uh, people staggered from town to town for water but didn't get enough to drink, yet you've not returned to me, declares the Lord. As you read through here, the intensity of what God allows in the world to get people's attention, it increases. Verse 10, I sent plagues among you as I did to Egypt. I killed you young men with the sword, war. I filled your nostrils with the stench of your camps, yet you've not returned to me, declares the Lord. And then it gets even worse. Verse 11, I overthrew some of you as I overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. You were like a burning stick snatched from the fire. Yet you've not returned to me, declares the Lord. This is an opportunity for the church through every means possible to tell people about Jesus. And don't you give in to fear about how they might react, <laughs> how ludicrous you might look to them. Listen, are you really a Christian? If you're really a Christian, then this is a great opportunity. This thing is global. And God is using it attempting to use it to try to get people's 
attention so that they might be saved. The triumphal entry was the last public thing that Jesus did to declare who he is and why he's come. For three years, he gave witness after witness after witness after witness. And yet still some people rejected that witness. Some people, because they rejected it repeatedly, became calloused. And because they would not believe, they could not believe. But listen, our responsibility as Christians is not to get people to believe. Our responsibility as Christians is to tell them about Jesus. Take people to Luke's gospel, chapter 21, verse 21. Tell people that this is a sign of Jesus' soon coming. They think you're crazy? That's okay. But no matter how they respond outwardly, you don't know what's going on on the inside. Just like we read in John chapter 12, some people believed, but for fear they would not confess. But still the conviction was there. I went the other day to be with my son. He's buying a truck, and we went to the dealership, and hardly anybody was there. And I've been praying for God to give me fresh opportunities to be a witness for Jesus Christ during these times, whether it's through a live stream broadcast or one-on-one, six feet away. And as we sat there with the dealer at the dealership and finalizing everything, just in casual conversation, I learned that this fellow had lost his son to drugs. His son was 30 years old. As I'm sitting there talking to this guy, my heart just just went out to him, and I grieved for him. And I used not only the coronavirus situation, but the fact that he shared with me that he lost his son a year and a half ago to drugs. I was a druggie. And but for the grace of God, I would have gone just like his son, one of my best buddies, my best drug buddies from years ago, died because he never, ever gave it up. He never received Jesus like I did. He never found the answer to life. I found the answer not only to drugs, I found the answer to life. And so I shared with this guy that it was Jesus that saved my life and Jesus set me free from drugs. And he, and, and he looked at me kind of oddly and he, and he said, I'm glad that you found yourself. And I, I said, I, look, no, I didn't find myself. Jesus, Jesus found me. And Jesus not only delivered me from the drugs, Jesus saved me. And one day I'm going to be with him. And that's why I don't want to be foolish, but I don't fear the coronavirus. Are you kidding me? 
I'm reading Psalm 90 the other day. Don't fear the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence by night. Listen, if you're walking in the will of God, if you're walking in the light, you don't need to fear anything. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. But listen, if you know Jesus, there's nothing to fear. We need to be telling people about Jesus. We need to be taking the opportunity because of this global pandemic Every opportunity we get to tell people about Jesus, some people won't receive him. They'll look for wisdom in some other way. They'll look for wisdom somewhere other than the cross. They'll, they'll be afraid, and they'll give in to fear. Uh, they'll look for the praise of men over the praise of God. Some people have been witnessed to time and time and time again, and you'll just be one more witness, and maybe they're Calloused, or maybe they'll become callous. But again, it's not our responsibility to change them. It's our responsibility to be a witness. These people are going to die. Whether of the coronavirus or of old age or of something, but we're all going to die one day. I had a dream last night. It was so vivid. I'm not going to tell you the dream, but it was a dream that so encouraged me. That in every way possible, I want to tell people about Jesus. People are dying. And they're going into a Christless eternity. Maybe you're watching this message and listening to this message and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Would you bow with me? Jesus loves you like nobody loves you. Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sin. He was buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And he made that sacrifice on the cross so that our sins might be buried with him and that we might have new life and that we might be cleansed and forgiven and one day be with Jesus in a place called heaven. It's a real place where there's no more sickness, there's no more death, there's no more pain, there's no more uh, of the things of this life. And if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just say from your heart, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Now help me to live for you the rest of this life. Still bowed in prayer. Christian, Christian, I want to pray for every Christian that's watching, every Christian that's listening to this message. I pray that God would open doors for you to be able to share Jesus with someone who needs to be saved. Whether at a car dealership or in a neighborhood six foot or more away or wherever you might be, whether through a phone call, whether through an email, whether through Facebook, whether through any other means of social media, that you share Jesus with someone. Tell them that Jesus died for them, that he paid the price for their sins. Tell them 
about the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, and tell them that they can simply repent. We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. If you'd like to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. You can also join in our Bible reading plan. More information can be found on our website. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment and offer you an opportunity to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? During this time of uncertainty in our nation, prayer is a powerful tool to combat fear and to promote peace in Jesus. Please pray that each person that hears these messages from the life of Jesus are touched and changed by His love. Please pray also for us. We want to continue following God's plan for this program, no matter where He asks us to go. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to the living word? If you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and then click on the online giving guide under forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share this good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thank you for praying about this. That website one more time is ccfstpete.church. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. Thanks for being a part of our time here on The Living Word.